What's up, everybody? Welcome to Coliseum Classics. This is episode three. And today we're going to focus on Hulk Hogan, Real American, mm. the Coliseum Classics VHS tape. Uh, we previously talked about just last week, Villains of the Squared Circle. Be sure to tune in for that one. And we want you to follow along. So next next time, next episode, we're going to be discussing WWF World Tour 90. So this one, Hulk Hogan, Real American. Next one, WWF World Tour 90. I'm joined today by another Real American, host of No Sold, a wrestling podcast, hmm. John. What's up, brother? <clears throat> here to talk the whole my other, dude. my other brother here from Venice Beach, California, coincidentally. coincidentally. Our roadman, a professor, a broadcast journalist. What, can, what more can be said about our boy Zern? How's it going, fellas? There he is. I know you're there being a roadman. I do have a place in 40 places in the United States. So that's, yeah. I mean, that's Venice on Beach your own dime, though. That's on your own dime. We don't have the money for that one. Currently in a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> debt due to this, but it's worth it. <laughs> now, unless you want to, do you have a beta factor? A what? A beta factor. I do not know. Like a Ted DiBiase Sapphire type deal. Someone <laughs> behind the scenes that's maybe paying for these. You know, I saw you wearing the fur coat. Yeah. Two weeks ago, brother. <laughs> that's right. So if you, you know, whatever you got to do, that's on your time. But anyway, we're going to talk about Hulk Hogan. Real American, one of my all-time favorites. I grew up on Hulkamania, lived it, breathed it, trained. I didn't say a lot of prayers. Took my vitamins, though. That's where you messed up. So it's like two out of three. I'm getting there. Um, Were you guys Hulkamaniacs growing up? No. Well, um, no. Short answer is no. I was not a Hulkamaniac. The truth is, I came in, talk about it all the time, SummerSlam 91, first thing. Um, this was this was Bret Hart territory for me. This mm. was, um, you know, I, I came in after Hulkamania had hit its, maybe its peak, because it still lingered. But Hulk Hogan, as far as, you know, childhood me, not a huge fan. As I've grown older, so obviously I lived through all the NWO Hollywood stuff, even his return to the WWE. Um, you know, in 2002 or whatever it was, I appreciate the hell out of the Hulkster, his career, his legacy. I think um, it's getting to the point now where Hulk Hogan is being underrated by these modern, ignorant fans. So we're going to talk all about Hulkamania, the real American. Mike, you more a Thunderlips guy? I do love my, do love my Thunderlips, yeah. <laughs> yeah, growing up, uh, my first match is... Uh, was him versus Hulk? Uh, yeah, him versus Hulk Hogan. That was a good match. Hulk Hogan versus Kamala on Wrestling Challenge. Mm. I believe nineteen eighty five. That was live. Watched that, but I was rooting for the Ugandan Giant. Of course, I was not were. a Hulkamaniac. I was not at all. My favorite versions of Hulk Hogan, as time goes by, mm. watching his stuff retrospectively, is his Japan stuff because he was such a great worker over there. His stuff is Hollywood, mm. but as far as him in a WWF and, you know, from 85 to, what, 93, 
I was always nine times out of 10 rooting for his opponent. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that means that we're going to get a nice, uh, you know, you're going to be honest about this stuff then. You're not going to, you know, sort of sugarcoat, use your heart when you're rating <laughs> these matches and talking about this. You're going to, you're going to keep it real. Keep it you real. Know, I always do. Like yeah. a lot of broadcast journalists do. Hulk Hogan, Real American. It starts out with something we just talked about in our last episode, guys. The That just iconic opening. Mm-hmm. John Boy, take us through this one. What the world is watching. The World Wrestling Federation. <clears throat> um, you know, we go right into a montage of Hulk, Hulk Hogan. The music... The thing about the phenomenon of Hulk Hogan, the obsession by the kids and the fans, I think the theme song really played it up and, and it developed this character. We talked last week in our, uh, you know, Villains of the Squared Circle, the details that they would put into some of these characters back then. And the theme song, the red and yellow, obviously. But um, how important was this song in developing the Hogan persona? Because it's that's iconic. Well, real quick, before we get into that, I just want to talk solely about that opening mm-hmm. that we touched on last week. Mike, did they change the music? No, I, this is one of two things. They either dubbed it over, which I don't think they did. Mm-hmm. I think they had this is the first version of it because it goes okay. into something differently, which this version I do not like as mm-hmm. much. I like the 19, like the WrestleMania 4 version. If you go, if you watch the original WrestleMania 4, <clears throat> version that's the that's the original i do not know if they dubbed over this with another copyrights or this is just a version that they had prior to which is possible as well because this tape came out no this tape came out in 89 hmm. so 89. no so they dubbed over it. that answers yeah. the question they dubbed over it. it felt off didn't it it felt off it didn't go yeah it didn't go right and um i, I can't believe that they didn't have the rights to that little instrumental yeah, I mean, it was so weird. small Yep. And it meant so much to me. I'm like, what? Yep. I had to rewind it. Yeah. I said, what is this? Like in my head, I can hear the, the theme song. I'm like, mm-hmm. kind of threw off that whole entire iconic top of all time, the greatest of all time yep. intro. And they messed it up on Peacock. Yeah. It's interesting because we just talked about it on mm-hmm. the last episode. And then there it is. It pops up. Yep. I'm glad it's you brought funny, it up. funny, though. Is the dubbed over version? I like. I I kind of like that. I like the song. I think mm-hmm. it. I, nah, where I'm feeling it. It's not the it same. It was like beat. the yeah. original was more like '80s, like kind of blue thunder. Like it almost had like an action type, like Night Rider driving up in a cool. Yeah, bed. something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, we loved it. Um. Then we go into, of course, like John mentioned, the real American song starts out nice and slow. You know, and then it jams out, and then it starts with our old boy Mean Gene in the studio. Mm-hmm. Can I say one more thing about the theme song? Absolutely. Um, for anybody listening that doesn't realize, that's the man Jimmy Hart laying those <laughs> vocals down in Real American. Jimmy Hart singing the iconic song. Who would have thought, right? Because he was, a, you know, all anti Hogan back then, getting to the you know Canadian earthquake, you know Bravo, you name it. Meanwhile, he's the guy that sang Hogan's song. We never knew Jimmy Hart as a babyface until obviously they connected in WCW, but they were always pals, I guess. And uh, yeah, 
just wanted to say that because it's a cool little tidbit. Not everybody might know. And that same Mike, Jimmy Hart was Mike, number did one. You on... wanna, did you want to correct him? Go ahead. Correct him. Go ahead. Well, Jimmy Hart was a baby face in the WWF too, pal. Sure, in the Mega Powers. Or, I'm sorry, started. the Mega Mega Bucks. Or no, what would it have been? I'm sorry, the uh, Mega Maniacs? Jesus. Yeah. Listen, you, you talking about Beefcake and uh, Hogan? Correct. Yeah, brother. When he saved the day when Money yeah. Inc. was going to bash, Inc. you know, the 40,000 stitches in the brother's face. Yep, you forgot all about that. That's a little, yeah, that's just towards the end there. He had that little baby face run. But come on, yeah. Jimmy yeah, Hart's was... a heel. He's a heel, and he also, if anybody doesn't know, he was number one on the uh, billboards back in <clears throat> back in the day in Memphis. He had a number one song, very instrumental guy. That's his background, his music, and he, uh, he wrote songs for the Valiant, uh, uh, countless others. So in that era, Shawn Michaels, he wrote a lot of this. The, well, like, I'm saying, I'm saying, like uh, outside of wrestling, even getting mm, into oh right, yeah, that right. era, uh, Beach Boys and stuff like that. So yeah, he's he's got absolutely. Some, background there that nobody knew about i never knew about until probably like what maybe 10 years ago so yep the gentries was the band jimmy hart was in the gentries oh, okay. yeah. so here on hulk hogan real american we're going to talk all about jimmy mouth of the south heart so i hey, hope man. you guys are excited for that one he's also a real american so hey why not he is a real right? that's true that's true and we're also going to talk about, uh, are we going to talk about any more like Chicago athletes or did you get enough in on last episode for that? We'll see, man. We, we run into a potential Chicago um, native during this, um, during this tape that we'll have to get into. That's true. Mm. For now though, we'll just move on. If you guys don't mind to our first match, this took place at WrestleFest mm. in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This was a cage match, that old school blue cage that we love so much. It's the Hulkster, Hulk Hogan, taking on Andre the Giant. On commentary, we have Sean Mooney, Lord Alfred Hayes, and the superstar Billy Graham, recently departed superstar Billy Graham. Rest in peace, superstar. Mm -hmm. Mike, what do you got on this one? Um, When you said that, I brought a smile to my face. I... That uh, I don't know if you guys remember the, the cassette for that the WrestleFest back in the day too. That was a, I don't I don't think that was Coliseum Home Video that they brought that out with. Am I wrong, John? It was uh, not. It was not Coliseum. Yeah, video. it wasn't Coliseum, but they did have a cassette for it. I remember seeing it. It was iconic with the um, yes. neon behind it and the, mm -hmm. the little portraits and. Yep. Yeah. So that was that brought back memories. Just you saying that brought a, a smile to my face <laughs> for sure. What are your memories Very on it, John? Well, the WrestleFest actual, the, the the show, are we talking about here? Yeah, correct. Or, yes. or are we talking about the video game? Because you guys remember the, the video game as well, the arcade game. It would be oh, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. also named WrestleFest, which was, you know, I spent countless hours playing that game. It was the closest thing we had to a great wrestling video game back then because a lot of them were crap. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, getting way into the weeds here. Um, this thing, can I just mention how much... I, I know people hate the blue cage, the, the workers, the wrestlers, but I, I love that blue cage. I think it's, you know, obviously it's nostalgic, but um, there was just something about it that was different because NWA had that regular fenced in cage that was obviously more realistic looking and gritty, but it went with the over the top, I guess, co comic book type of vibe that WWF had. It was, I loved the, the, the blue cage. How'd you guys, did you guys not like it or? I, I loved it. 
Yeah, that was one of my favorite cages that they had out there. It was much different than what NWA had, but there's two different, like you said, two different ideas. Like you guys spoke out before NWA's. You guys said that in episode one, um, when you guys went over the vision of the NWA at the time versus WrestleMania 1, Starcade, WrestleMania 1. Um, there's two different visions, so two different cages. So they're both great. And um, this cage here might be, might be my favorite or second favorite, this version of it. How do you rank it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's once again, it's you always seem to gravitate towards what you grew up on, you know, your era and that blue cage. That's the personification of a steel cage match and the WWF back in the day, you know, so like like you mentioned, John, it might not have been, you know, very forgiving for the wrestlers right. but us as fans like i remember even the toy remember like the toy ring had the blue cage you mm -hmm. know and it was so cool like aesthetically once again we always talk about the aesthetics of the world wrestling federation the red white and blue ropes that logo was always present you know so Best. i think it's one of those things once again that um you know we just have a fondness for it. like you said mike just the mention of stuff makes you smile and i think that's one of those things so let's get into this match a little bit. <clears throat> We're all big Andre fans. A couple of us are Hogan fans. Mike, you're not the biggest Hogan fan when it comes to this version of him. So mm -hmm. what did you think of this match watching? Like you said, you always try to put yourself back in that time as a kid. What did you think of this match? At the time, I remember, like I said, WrestleMania Force, that's a year and a half before their, you know, the big feud started with him and Andre. Um, this is one of the times where I was rooting for Hogan. One of, I said 99%, 90% of the time. I wasn't an Andre fan at the time. I actually hated him at the time. I mean, I didn't like his look. I, you know, everything about him, I didn't really like any, a lot of his matches back then. So watching this, I mean, I was definitely rooting for Hogan. Rewatching it, I was still rooting for Hogan. I was like, I put myself in them shoes. Um, so yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this match a lot. I don't, I, unlike last week when we talked to, I mean, two weeks ago when we talked about, uh, the, uh, Zeus match with Macho Man, I gave that a low grade, right? Question. You guys know this better, more than me. Is this cage shorter than that one that they fought in? It feel, felt shorter in height. I think sl slightly, unless it's Andre throwing off our perspective. It seems right. shorter. It seemed shorter to me for some reason. I could be wrong, but it, it was visually wise. I liked it, but it just seemed like it was shorter, different cage than the uh, Hogan Beefcake Zeus uh, Macho Man match. But comparing the two cage matches, since we own um, two out of three of the videos we there, I enjoyed this match much more than I did that main event. I know you guys like that main event um, in our first first episode, okay. but yeah, I gave this a B plus overall. I mean, you guys mm. going more in depth about the match. Uh, I really, really did enjoy this match. And I was rooting for Hulk Hogan then and still getting back into it in 2023, just rooting for Hogan. Yeah, this was, um, so this originally was July 31st, 1988, this WrestleFest, mm -hmm. uh, which, um, that would, yeah, that would have been my mom's birthday, July 31st, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, 25,000 people watching this thing. It felt big. I thought there were some cool details with this cage match that made it feel special. Um, you know, Andre, just before entering the cage, kind of like looking around, like to building up to the anticipation, I guess, because these guys were, uh, I don't want to say milking, you know, their match, but they had a lot of mileage they could get out of their feud, which was WrestleMania three a year prior. 
Is that right? No, uh, after eight. that, because this is after four. And you said July, right? Right. So this is after WrestleMania three. This is a year and a half after WrestleMania. Year 3. and a half. Yeah. Okay, so we're at a year and a half now since they had their big match where Hogan slams him. But just two of two of the you know all time greats. Uh, you know, obviously, check out our uh, our episode and those. So we talked about all time greats and Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, certainly somewhere in those lists. And Sean Mooney, Lord Alfred, and the late great superstar Billy Graham on commentary, like you said, Duke. Just like those little details, I thought it was cool. Bobby ringside, you know, eventually getting in the cage. Crowd went absolutely nuts when Hogan got his hands on Bobby. So I'll let you talk more about the match, Duke. Um, one thing for me that stood out is I'm I'm not a big um I like Lord Alfred Hayes, but I don't like him on commentary. Mm-hmm. But in this, I thought he like was fantastic. He was like gushing over Hulk Hogan and he was treating it like so serious. Um, Also, he was like interviewing basically superstar Billy Graham, like in the beginning of the match and superstars like, come on, brother, Hulkster's about to come out and then we'll talk. But I thought Lord Alfred Hayes was awesome in this match. I like Sean Mooney as well, but once again, not as like a, I don't really like him as the, um, the commentator on the match normally. But I thought that Lord Alfred Hayes was like awesome. I thought he brought a lot of energy to this match. Um, like you mentioned, John, like the the big feel, the big fight feel. Like once again, man, it's that subtle thing where all you have to do is just like if you're feeling the crowd, you look out to them, acknowledge them, and then Hogan gets in the cage and they square off, and Andre doesn't back down at all. Not every heel has to be a little bitch that cheats and needs four guys to help him. You know, like sometimes he can just be fighting on the, you know, the other side, you know? So I like that about it. I think um, something with the blue Mm. cage that we probably didn't realize, but I can appreciate it now for sure is um, those big chunks of space in between each blue, you know, uh, steel Mm-hmm. You got to see the match more like it was a mm-hmm. uh, more better visual, you know, because these fence cages, it's, you know, they got to be in the ring. Obviously, this cage is right on top of the ring. So it's a legit steel cage. Um, it's just you could get more cool camera shots, I thought, and a lot of yeah. the angles and just seeing Andre's face. And this was this Andre, obviously, at this stage of his career was in pretty poor physical health Um at Poor guy at one point is trying to climb the cage. And I'm like, is he going to actually scale this thing? You know, but I believe um, he Hogan pulls him down. That's when he gets kind of tied in the ropes. Um, I was going to say, like, it is a standard cage match. If you look at it, just like what they're doing in the ring, as far as like wrestling moves. But the spectacle, the visual made it extra fun. And for that, I liked it a lot. I just thought it felt very big. And the participants, right? Uh, like you mentioned, that helps. like two of the greatest of all time, you know, like obviously that brings like a more prestigious feel to it. If only because Hulk Hogan's involved, you know, and of course, Andre eighth wonder of the world. So overall you gave it a B rating. You said Mike, a B plus. And that was, okay. And, um, it was an announcing team away for being even higher. I'm sorry. It was a B. I apologize. It was a B. Um, Okay. If they had a better announcing team, if Gorilla was on there, Vince, somebody yeah. else. Um, if it was Jesse and Gorilla on this, I was thinking I'm watching this, like, why like anytime Sean Moody and Lord Alfred are on these videos, you it's screaming Coliseum home video. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly. screaming house show. 
this is a big deal. When he said WrestleFest, I was like, this is a big deal. Like, this is just not some match in Madison Square Garden in 1973. This is this was a big deal. You said, what, 25,000 people here uh, yeah. in, in Wisconsin. Why did they choose this three-man announce team? I have no idea because this is an 88. So did, you, did you not enjoy Lord Alfred on this one? I did, but it's... It's still like you got to put Gorilla and Jesse. Yeah, I hear you. It's like B team. Hogan and Andre. You're not having yeah. the C team call the Celtics versus the Sixers in 1983. Yeah. You're yeah. having the A team. You're having Marv Albert call that Knicks game. It's like mm -hmm. having that the C team call it. No no offense to anybody on it. I love all three of these guys. Sure, well, sure. Two, two out of three of these guys. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. But um, I just feel like if they had a better announcement, it would have been. A B plus probably for me, but uh, it was a it was a B for me. Okay. One last thing um, that people might not realize, but um, there's no referee in the cage. Like back then with these cage yeah. matches, it's just two titans going at it, you know. And it's um, it's just cool to see them go to work, you know, one final time or one of the final times because mm. Andre Hogan synonymous with each other in my in my mind, and it was cool. Yeah, I liked it. And the no referee thing on the inside was obviously because the only way to win was to either you had to escape the cage, whether mm -hmm. it was through the door or over the top. Uh, eventually Hulkster does get the big win, climbs over the top, gets out of there, escapes the giant. John, me, what else you got? Let me ask you, I want to ask you guys what you think. Cause there's so many people, Jim Ross is very critical. And I think most wrestling fans are like, why would you have a cage match where you have to run away from your opponent, where you have to climb out or mm. escape through the door? It's so mm. counterproductive. It's so ass backwards. And um, of course, that's how I was brought into wrestling is watching that kind of thing with WWF. But where do you guys stand on like, cause you, like you said, there's no ref cause there's no pins. It's you escape yep. in the ring. Um, what do you, where do you guys stand on escaping to win a match, running away to win a match? Quote unquote. I personally like it. I don't like pins in a cage match. To me, that doesn't make sense. Uh, it's a specialty <laughs> match. These are the rules. What's the big deal? I don't understand. I'm surprised Jim Ross even feels that way because, I mean, he's pretty old school. I mean, if you're having this cage to keep him, keep the two guys in. That being said, going back to the uh, the Zeus match, not to bring that up again, was was there there was a referee in that match, though, wasn't there? Wasn't Earl in there? I want to say yeah. Yeah, yeah like there yeah. was. There definitely was. So that's weird that this is in the same same time frame, but yet one has a referee, the other one does not. Yeah. Very odd. I like the no referee thing. I love it. Honestly, not to cut you off, Mike, before you get too into it, it mm -hmm. might have been because Zeus was in there. Mm -hmm. It might have been like they wanted a guy to call you it. know, a solid guy, like whoever it was. We I don't think we ever did figure out which Hebner it was. <laughs> but uh you know, a guy to kind of control things in there. Gotcha. That's probably why I would guess. That's a great point. It's a great point. But I like Where that. Where do you whole... stand on uh, the, the escaping the cage, Duke? I'm curious. Well, I think JR's point of view is I I just think it's the it's the NWA versus WWF mentality, in my opinion. Um, Like Jim Ross was probably talking about like, you know, so. Back in the day, cage matches were used to end feuds, right? Like it was you guys were locked in there. There was going to be no interference. There had to be a winner. So, like, I get it what he's saying, because it's like you want to end your opponent. Like you want to end this feud by any means necessary. 
And they ended up taking it a step further with war games in the NWA. Mm -hmm. But I just think I can enjoy it either way, not to be like a sort of on the fence guy. But I think WWF was a different thing. They didn't really have these like crazy bloody type feuds like the NWA did. So I just think they're as far as you guys know, was the WWF the first wrestling promotion to introduce escaping to win? At the time, I mean, for me, yeah, of course, yeah. I, okay. That's the only thing I knew at the time. I, NWA, I watched, but like, as far as it was more ninety percent, like I said at the time, WWF from nineteen eighty five, nineteen eighty six. I got into NWA like eighty eight, and then I went back right away because my like my neighbor had all them tapes and AWA. So yeah, I didn't know of any other company to do it the way the WWF did it at the time, and I liked it. Like, like you yeah. said, that's a good point that you made. There's no referee in there because and you had to escape. And I don't see mm-hmm. the problem with the rules. I mean, yeah, I think it's the, the way it's, I would say Jim Ross it might be wrong or whoever thinks it's uh, is because the crowd, like the anticipation when Hogan's climbing up yeah. or anybody's escaping occasion, WWF matches, man, that anticipation and the hype. And they went nuts for Hogan escaping and winning and they had no problem with it. So that's what it's all about. Making the I think it can nuts. work either way. Like, just imagine like this long, you know, bloody feud between two guys. And then like, you know, it kind of makes sense that they want to settle the score inside the cage rather than like, I'm going to run away from me. You know, you can't catch yeah. me, you know? So right. I think it works either way. Like I, I enjoy both ways of the cage matches. Like I said, um, when I was a kid, like I watched NWA because I was like, oh, this is like the real wrestling, you know, but I enjoyed WWF for the whatever, like you said, cartoon comic book type larger than life stuff. So I think it works either way, you know, like you can be a fan of all sorts of wrestling, in my opinion. And I don't know, I think people just get stuck in their antiquated ways sometimes. And that's probably the case of JR in this case, mm-hmm. all due respect. Yeah, the one minor tidbit I would say about this, like nothing to do with this tape, but um, you, you said to end a feud, right? And this feud did not end because next month is SummerSlam and yeah. it's Hogan and Beefcake versus DiBiase and Hogan. I mean, yeah. DiBiase and Andre. So the mega it's really, Yeah, it's really not even ended at that point, which is kind of silly. Um, this, this should have been the end of the feud at all. I mean, to end it all. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, like we said, Hulkster gets the big win, goes over the top, sends the crowd home happy, does a little pose. And then we're on to our next match, which is a World Wrestling Federation title match featuring Hulk Hogan defending against that Nikolai Volkov. For this one, we have Vince McMahon and Jesse the Body Ventura on commentary, which is definitely an upgrade from the last match. And uh, interesting, when he came out, did you guys notice he did not come out to the aforementioned Real American theme song? Yep. This was a dub over, though, was it? Was it not? Was it? So I was thinking, was it um, Eye of the Tiger and they dubbed it over? That's what I was wondering. Um, Because this is, you know, he did the pre-interview with Mean Gene in the back with the American Made. Right, right, right out. Great the crowd, shirt, right? yeah, that great mm-hmm. tank. Yeah, that great outfit. So it might have been dubbed over. It may yeah. have been. It might have been back when he was still using. Uh, for those that don't know, the Hulkster used to come out to uh, 
what was it? Eye of the Tiger, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, because so this is from October of 85. So we're talking about a three-year difference from the last match. Okay. Yeah, that could definitely be. But one thing he did come out in, and we talked about this, I think it was last episode, was that all-white gear. Man, that's... I mean, Hulk Hogan, obviously, like, that yellow and red is iconic now. But I always dug the all-white Hulkster, so that was cool to see. Um, and then we'll get into the match now that we've talked about, you know, the fashion, which is very important. <laughs> so take us take us into this one, John Boy. So, yeah, Hogan and Nikolai Volkov. This was from Saturday night's main event uh, back in October of 1985. So this is um, four years earlier. You know, when this tape was released in 1989, I believe. Um, but yeah, I think with with Nikolai, the more I watch him and stuff um, from this era, you know, he was like, he was, I don't want to say, he reminds me for whatever, like of Claudio of this era. I, dude, I completely agree with you. Okay. And why do you, why do you feel that way? I 100, that's exactly what I thought when you were talking about like basically when you said it i was like absolutely like um a strong dude you know a bigger guy like nikolai was so big like and just a naturally big dude talented guy um but just doesn't make it to that like next level for whatever reason right not and nearly I, the athlete as uh Claudio no of course not re- not nearly, you know, um, as as technically sound, but I think there was something about him that was uh, untapped in his uh, potential. Naturally, Maybe. natural strength too. Like he was super strong. He press slams Hogan in this match. Exactly. Slam. He puts him over his head. Hulk Hogan's, I don't know. He's probably two seventy five here or something like that. Mm-hmm. Super mm-hmm. easy. Yeah, but I just wanted to say he because Nikolai was getting a big push initially here with Freddie Blassie and. Chic and stuff like that. I mean, main eventing a Saturday night's main event against you know the champion is a is a huge spot to be in. So, yeah, just the strength of both of these men, honestly, not just uh, Nikolai, but Hogan was was also showing off his strength. I thought it was fun, like uh, for me overall, just as far as the whole match goes. Jesse and Vince is, I think, my favorite commentary team. If it's not, it's it's Gorilla and Jesse. I just love Jesse in there, um, and I think he added so much to this match the way he. Man, we'll have to talk about like at the end, just the way he he was really nailing home. Just it's Nikolai's right right to to wave that flag. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a free country. Meanwhile, in real life, he's like such a patriot, Jesse Ventura. You know, it's yeah, just funny. Former Navy SEAL. Right, exactly. What you think, Mike, about this whole uh, collision? Getting into the uh, the whole wardrobe thing, I love uh, Nikolai's jacket. You guys that was know? sick. Mm-hmm. That was a sick jacket, and I actually watched this. I don't know why, but I do remember watching this live back in 1985. This is when oh, I first wow. got in. Yeah, so I got this is a flag man. And don't ask me why, but I was rooting for Nikolai. I don't know why. I just had I, for I, all I had the uh, you root for all the foreigners. We've we've come to realize yeah. that. I just had an attraction to him, and like not so much the chic at the time, but maybe it was just because of what we're talking about now in 2023. I I love him even more. And that error, yeah, I mean, not the 1990s version of him, the 80s version, the early 80s version of him. And for some reason, I was drawn to him at this time as well. I remember watching that match. Uh, um, yeah, and I absolutely, I mean, I love the match from 
the beginning came out from the American Made Hogan interview to watch Nikolai come out with the uh, with that jacket and simple things. Like I said, the match wasn't great overall, technically wise. I mean, it's a flag match, so you can go in more about the match. It's funny how like times change and like you know Jesse kind of had a point. You know, like the guy just loves his country. He comes out and mm-hmm. sings his national anthem. <laughs> and Volkov actually had pretty good voice, if we're being honest. Like, yeah, yeah all the, yeah, like for, you know, a wrestler, like I thought he performed pretty well. Um, And, you know, Hogan in his interview, how he's like running down his country. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's just funny how times change and how that wouldn't really fly now. But, if you were a Russian in the 80s, you were evil as far as uh, wrestling goes. So there you go. There was a natural good guy and bad guy built in right there. So I uh, want to say real quick on the this Saturday night's main event. This was, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, October 1985. Um, this was East Rutherford, New Jersey, October 3rd. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I looked at the card and it's it's, it's very interesting. Um, so, so this opened the show, this Saturday's main event. And uh, what closed the show was uh, the, the dream team, Brutus Beefcake and Greg Valentine versus Lanny Poffo and Tony Gurria. Wow. That, closed, that closes the show. And in the midst of all that, King Kong Bundy and Big John Studd faced Andre the Giant and Tony Atlas. That's a cool team. Wow. Yeah. So interesting little. I uh, think um, as far as them opening, it was probably just what they thought would get the eyes. You know what I mean? Like, sure. You start out like on Saturday night's main event. They're like, oh, my God, Hulk Hogan's on, you know, because he was obviously a big deal back then. So that actually happened a lot in the 80s. They would start with like the big names sometimes, and then they would end up with like the workers at the end or like a tag team match, like what happened here. So about when uh, Hogan Hogan shines his shoes with the flag. Ah, uh, yeah, that's uh, in my pers- notes here. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah post match, and and Jesse's just giving it to him again. And I, there's things you cannot get away with now. I don't think we have a, you know, a Cold War like enemy like we did back in the '80s. I guess, but no, man, crowd loved it. Hogan disrespecting that flag. <laughs> yep, crazy. Mike, you got anything else on this one before you give us the big grade? No, just going back to what you were saying about that uh, leading up trying to get that eye in and um dick emersole and bruce pritchard and i went over like the saturday night's main events and he he said that it, dick was always the producer back then and he wanted that lead in to be huge from mm-hmm. the news it was the news to this mm. it doesn't it didn't matter about the end because they're already hooked in right hooked sure. on the sinkers and yep. to replace saturday night live at the time to go on a break was a huge deal especially at this time um you talk about daddy murphy years it was a huge huge deal for them so um as far as grade wise, I got I gave this like I said I really did enjoy this match overall, and I gave it a B minus. B minus. We might nice. we may turn you into a Hulkamaniac after all, brother. By the end, like of I said, I was for the Russians. Hey, uh, and on the other enjoying- channel, NWA, we talked about this before too. I was I was a Nikola, uh, <laughs> yeah, Nikita Nikita Kovalev yeah. fan. So, well, um, Nikita had something about him. And yeah. they they knew that because eventually he ended up going good, which was unprecedented, yeah. really, for a Russian right. to be a good guy. But yep, yeah, Nikolai Volkov, I always thought, um, just was a solid ass, like, just big dude, like, and he could move, and he was super strong, like, 
Well, just, just right. yeah, like naturally strong, just like mm-hmm. a like core strength, like a Claudio Castagnoli. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to hoist a Hulkster up like that, like that's crazy to me, man. Because Hulk didn't get really thrown around like that, you know? No. So eventually, Hulk fires up. Surprise, surprise. Leg drop to victory. Like you mentioned, John Boy, he shines shines those beautiful white boots with the Russian flag, and uh, it's off to the races. Just another night for the Hulkster. So then we're going to move into... Go ahead, did you have something else? No, I was just going to say, it's it's still crazy to think like uh, national TV, because this is NBC, you know, yeah. and we're, we're just um, out there. We just can't do that now. That, yeah, just... Disrespecting the flag. Yeah. You yep. can't do it. It's weird, man. Time Chris Jericho changed. got suspended from the company for disrespecting the Brazilian flag about wow. 10, 10 or 12 years ago when he was doing the uh, Nick Bockwinkle stuff, the short hair mm-hmm. and suits. Mm-hmm. He did something to the Brazilian flag and he got arrested there. And it was going to be a Holy big thing. That's, that's a crime. It's a criminal offense. Wow. But they got him out of it, thank God. And uh, he got suspended from the WWE. But yeah, he just can't do that stuff now. Hmm. Jeez. All right, so then we go into the third match on Hulk Hogan, Real American. This one, Hulk Hogan takes on King Haku. So Haku, for those that don't know, is one of the baddest dudes to ever uh, put on a pair of trunks, apparently. Nobody really messed with Haku. He was a legitimate badass. So um, he steps into the ring with Hulk Hogan. Um, we have a quick promo the Hulk with the Hulkster, and he brings in a surprise here, Miss Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. So this was during the Mega Power days. The Hulkster's already lusting after my boy's girl, mm-hmm. you know, with lust in his eyes. Him and the Macho and, Man. And Jesse calls him off. right out on it, by the way. Jesse wastes yeah. no time calling him right out on that. Now you guys see why I was not a Hulkamaniac. <laughs> From WrestleMania hey, four to five, look at why should I vote root for this guy stepping on Macho's well, toes from the beginning? Bro, all he needed, he said it. He needed some additional inspiration, and that was listed last night. Additional inspiration, mm. and like you mentioned, John, uh, Bobby, I'm sorry, Jesse, the body on commentary with Vince McMahon, so one of your all-time favorite commentary teams. Mm. So uh, the stage was set. King Haku comes down. He's, you know, brought out on that royal throne, which was always a cool thing. Um, I always thought it was weird that Haku became the king. Like it was, I don't know, you went from like Harley Race to like (laughs) Haku, who's like former Islander. You know, I just did you guys think that was weird when he was the king? I definitely did, because right before this, like you said, the Islanders were in a feud uh with the bulldogs yeah and i love that feud like there, this is one of the times i love the bulldogs but i love the islanders as well mm-hmm. and i was really into that i love that feud um which culminated at wrestlemania 4 with the bobby brain in that jacket it was great so yeah. th- for him to go from that to this was like you know what's going on here i think it was um for me kind of what i walked into harley race was a little retroactive for me and i see the, the King Haku gimmick and 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 like the uh, visuals of it, I think it's a little underrated for this golden era of the WWF. Like it, it, he looked cool with those purple tr- tights and the crown. He, I think of all these guys who 
the, the king gimmick i think he he looked pretty cool if nothing else you know i don't know if it helped catapult him to that next level honestly mm-hmm. but he looked he certainly looked cool and i and i do want to say this is from another saturday night's main event so these matches on this hulkamania real american or this hulk hogan real american vhs coliseum video um they're presenting matches obviously that we had probably already saw at some point i know i had seen this match before when i rewatched saturday night's main events not too long ago this is from october 25th of 1988 in baltimore and if I can just real quick tell you the guys on this show, this is just a Saturday night's main event in October of 1988. Could have been a WrestleMania because you had Rick Rude and Jake Roberts one-on-one. You had the Hart Foundation versus Demolition in a tag match. Uh, the big boss, man, Dino Bravo, were on the show. Obviously, Hulk Hogan, Haku. It was just like loaded with talent on this random you know, broadcast on NBC. They were just killing it. Was Macho Man not on the show? No, so he was not on the show. I guess that's why Hogan felt the need to uh, borrow his lady that night. Mm. He was he supposed to up. fight that night, but he was looking for his lady backstage, and he had to cancel the match. <laughs> right. Thank you, Hogan. Thank you, Hogan. Thanks, Hulk. There it is, man. But you know what's funny about this match? Uh, you guys can get in it, into it, but when Hogan's um, doing some of these antics, like he worked like a heel sometimes, mm. and we talked about this before, and Jesse would call him out on it. He'd be like, saying to vince like look at him you know he he's he's not following the rules or whatever and vince would try to like get get back on track and like he would kind of like no sell jesse because that i don't think that would look good for kids watching to think <laughs> hogan's breaking the rule like vince wouldn't acknowledge jesse and then they got into what did you guys notice any like kind of tension between it was like jesse and vince normal tension but there was like that tinge of jealousy maybe that jesse had for hogan um for not mm. being in the spot and and at one point like when it's all over jesse says like hogan's ego is bigger been bigger than it's ever been and vince says well it's justified and then jesse's like well at least i'm in movies and vince is like kind of shutting them up like it was just mm. it was interesting like i think there was real tension there yeah absolutely i always felt that during any hogan match that jesse was involved in and through his eyes, like he was supposed to, you know, get that shot, not win the belt, but get that title shot. Then he had the blood clots and that ended his whole entire career, mm-hmm. which he said was the best thing ever. Cause then he, now he's on the road. He's on the road, making just as much money, if not more money. And he doesn't have to take any bumps now. I mean, he transformed into an announcer. So like, it was a good thing that that happened, but he's also probably bitter. It's like getting called up to the majors and right before you're about to go at bat, you know what I mean? You, you, you tear your ACL and you can never fight mm-hmm. again. I mean, you can never play again. So yeah, he was always bitter towards that for sure. And that always came out on TV through the, through the mic. Anytime Hogan was on TV. Absolutely. Anytime Hogan was on that screen, it came out of his mouth. And I noticed mm-hmm. that even as a kid, like I noticed the, I didn't know the whole backstory with Jesse and the blood clots, all that stuff, but you can tell the, the jealousy in his voice. Animosity. Yeah. Yeah, what could have been, you know? Well, look, they both, emu- they both emulated superstar Billy Graham. Just one guy took it to another level in Hulk, let's be yeah. honest. Because, and his career was cut short as well. Like I said, Jesse's, if Jesse's career is not cut short, who knows what happens? And I mean, come on, let's be honest. Like, he had the machine behind him, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of, like, sure, like, he... They both emulated superstar Billy Graham and stuff like that. But like, I don't think, you know, it's not fair to say that Hogan got it 
because he had the machine, but it's also not fair to say Jesse could have done it, you know, if given the opportunity. You know what I mean? No, I don't man, think you you can... get you you get the machine behind you, but if you don't swim, if you sink, they'll yeah. pull it right away. Like men right. they have done many times. But they Hogan swam because the fans demanded it. I mean, yeah. they might have got it behind them, but it's all Hulk getting for over. Sure. For sure. And know, Jesse's I, point when he says to Vince, I was in mm -hmm. movies at the same time, No Holds Bar came out predator came out i ain't gotten mm -hmm. time to bleed and hulk hogan's too busy saying what is this poo that was his main catchphrase from no holds bar when he holds the guy up and the guy poops mm -hmm. his pants that yeah, was yeah. on all the things who would you rather be jesse right. the were hanging out yeah. with arnold schwarzenegger carl weathers the whole entire cast that movie is one of my could be a top 10 movie of the 80s for sure for me mm -hmm. um so jesse's right he's the, he was the bigger star in the movies for sure i think jesse had a better career just alone predator was better than anything hogan did so yeah he is right with that one and i i think there is something to that that you mentioned john like the animosity with jesse because even in later years like i remember him talking about hogan and he just like i forget who was interviewing him but he was like um you know you don't like hulk hogan he's like no he's like why he's like can't trust him because mm -hmm. he it was all because when jesse was trying to uh unionize the mm -hmm. wrestlers um and like listen dude like if you're the guy right it's like a tough spot to be in like if you're the guy vince is on your side he's giving you anything you want and meanwhile this other dude's trying to get everybody against vince i mean what are you gonna do so but there's yeah, hogan for sure... well, hogan supposedly went to vince and told him jesse's playing right. the union eyes yeah, and that's why vince him. always yeah vince uh hogan stooged him out but vince yep. always i guess liked hogan because he came to him and but i get it yeah the animosity is unfortunate i do want to yeah. mention getting back to this match real quick how in the middle of it hulk hogan put on the crown <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was great you know what he looked cool in that crown i'll be honest yeah with well King. of course he did once again though i think that when you have a cool title or crown i mean anybody looks cool in it you know like right sergeant slaughter wasn't like the coolest looking Baron dude, corbin but that king corbin no well, why would you even mention him i'm feeling good i'm oh, having a nice I'm night and you're gonna bring this guy up. you said any king any crown i don't know Baron corbin. i was going to say that like sergeant slaughter is not the most aesthetically pleasing looking dude but when he had that winged eagle title on i mean he looks like one million dollars so perfect whatever we got way off track this match uh bobby ends up getting escorted out of this match mm, he did so it's only it comes down one-on-one -on -one. hulkster surprise surprise he gets the win via the leg drop uh sends the crowd home happy he pulls liz in this is where i take exception to this <laughs> now you know, Elizabeth coming down and, you know, she's going to be your manager for the night. That's one thing. But you pull this woman and put her on top of your shoulder like the Macho Man Randy Savage did at WrestleMania 4 after he won the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Mike, come on. What's going on here? This is why I'm not a Hulkamaniac. I am a Hulkamaniac. I'm going to turn me to swallow. You thought you were going to turn me. I'm going to turn you. <laughs> nah, never. He's done uh, more questionable stuff than this. Mm -hmm. So has all. So has all your favorite wrestlers. Newsflash. Yeah. Um, no. Unfortunately, but.
but you know i think with this this match and and the crowd reaction that's everything crowd reactions everything liz coming in let's we could talk about it but these kids were going bananas for for hogan um all the yellow tank tops in the crowd the hulk rules tank tops the posing of course he hulks up like it is so formulaic the hogan matches that's why i was never a fan i mean it felt like it went on forever when i was a kid watching him pose and all that stuff i just hated it but now um i hate it less like i don't i don't (laughs) you know i i don't I don't know if I consider myself a Hulkamaniac in my, my, you know, my adult years here, but Mm -hmm. I just, I appreciate it so much more now because it does bring it back to like kind of a simpler time. You know, these fans were really just all about the good guy winning and that was enough for them. It wasn't, they didn't have to boo him. I mean, look, Hogan did get stale, right? When the fans smartened up, when those kids became teenagers, that's when they got an edge about them and they, they started to turn on him, you know? And, um, it's interesting though, as, as as kids they loved them. It was it was crazy seeing Liz out there with just him. I, I was hoping to get a story on it, and and the story was, I guess, that he he just needed some additional inspiration. That's the way he said it. <laughs> that was all he needed. Mike, before we move on, give us our uh, your resident grader. Yep. Yes, yeah, so I thought this was a this was a short match. It was only like five minutes long. It was nothing crazy. It was pretty stale in my eyes. Compared to the other match, um, I gave it a C minus. Okay, hmm. it was like it was five minutes, but like I felt like there was so much that happened in those five minutes. You know, it was jam packed. It was a jam packed yeah. five minutes, but uh, <clears throat> at the time I was rooting for Hulk Hogan. It just didn't. It wasn't like I said compared to the uh, Nikolai match and the Andre match previous to this. Uh, it just comes, you know, a level lower than them. So yeah, that's why I gave it a C minus. All right, that's fair. All right, so after that one, we go back to Mean Gene. He just basically mentions, uh, you know, the date was January 23rd, 1984. I guess when Hulkamania was really born, it's when uh, the Hulkster defeats the Iron Sheik for the WWF title. And that's really it. I thought they might show that match. Um, Did you guys get that impression, like, when he mentioned it, that we were going to see, like, the whole deal or was that just me no i, I thought, thought he's so too. yeah i thought they're gonna show just a leg drop just the ending of the match but yeah we got nothing it just goes on no. to our next uh part which is a training video mm-hmm. featuring the hulkster in all of his glory and john i mean nobody loves big beefy men training more than you so Take us into this one. What do you what do you think about this training video? Well, the best part about this was uh, I I watched Hulk Hogan Real American during my morning workout. So when I when Hogan's pumping iron, he's got that cross dangling, and he's just banging, and banging. you know, he's getting it in his twenty four inch pythons. Um, it was inspiring, and you know, it started my day off right. I was ready, you know, ready to go. Took my Hulk Hogan vitamins. Um, it was it was a great, you know, 80s montage workout <laughs> video, perfectly, you know, perfect for its time. This was what it was all about, man. He was he was the inspiration. Hulk was that's the hero right there. So I liked it. I was cool with it. Yeah, as far as me watching this, I uh I love this video. I mean, like I said, I'm not a Hulk Minute, but I did love this video watching on Peacock. You know what's even better than this on Peacock? Watching on YouTube, you know why? 
Yes. Because you get the real music. Jake the Snake Roberts. Unbelievable. So, so lazy. It was Jake's theme they used. Get out of the real here. version. Yes. Wow. And this yeah, is you... before Jake uh, debut, or would this have been, did they now have Jake... that music? Now, Jake like, was, Jake was uh, in it. I don't know why they did it. The reason I looked into it, because the music that was there was definitely not the music that was original. So I was like, I YouTubed Hulk Hogan. Uh, they did this whole entire deal segment, and it came up on YouTube. I watched it. And yeah, Jake the Snake Roberts music. And Jake is around. This is uh, WrestleMania 5 after 4. Wow. So he's he's around. Oh, yeah. Sure. You're, you're right. He's he a baby face fighting Rick Rude. For sure. I don't know what happened there, but... That was that made that segment even cooler in my eyes. Yeah, it went from being great to even better. I mean, I gave it a B plus overall. I loved it. Oh, there you well, go. Well, folks, as as you tune in to these Coliseum classics, you're going to see a recurring theme every episode. It's that investigative journalism of Zern. Once mm -hmm. again, you know, you get this man to do a job, he's going to do it properly, better than John or I can do it. He's out here delivering facts we're just two numbskulls you know talking about the hulkster good job Zern. i was gonna ask um great job Zern. i was gonna ask you um about this next match Zern, about this commentary team um i, oh, I don't want to jump ahead here <laughs> I, but it's i'll just set it up if you don't mind doing this hulk hogan versus the million dollar man ted dibiase mm. but right away i noticed this god-awful announced team it took me until I think two or three minutes left to realize who the third man was. Are you? Do you guys know who all? Or I'm sorry, there's a woman and two men. Do you guys yeah. know who was on the team? Okay, tell us yeah, who was on the team. Yeah, it stood out right away to me. Who it was Bruce right away. Oh Mike, wow, okay. Mike McGirt stood right out, and this annoying Elmer Fudd sounding loudmouth who I had to no clue who he was. Duke, you want to talk about Mr. Pete Doherty? I have no idea who this man was. I've never heard of him. Wow. And, um, I thought that Bruce Pritchard was equally awful, and he was doing like a bad like Vince impression. It seemed like like, and listen, Vince is the boss. I get it. He's probably kissing his ass, and he's trying to you know give Vince what he wants. But holy moly, was this like? That dude was brutal. I don't know if it's Doherty or Doherty. I don't even know the pronunciation. It's it's, it's, it's Doherty. And I'm okay. telling you right now, you guys got to watch Pete Doherty on Tuesday Night Titans. He called himself the Duke of Dorchester. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do know that name. Okay. Oh, man, is he hilarious in, in, a, in a very annoying way. Like, not Johnny. Okay. I thought it was Johnny Valiant at first because he's annoying. Yeah, but, he um, is. Good point. At, at first, within the first two, like, minute. I was like, oh, Johnny Valiant's doing this? And I had to like, yeah, going. I'm like, that's not Johnny Valiant. It's and Pete I said, Mike, yeah, unbelievable. Bro, you got to you gotta check out, the, at least Google, for anyone listening, Duke of Dorchester. The segment will come right up for TNT. Mm -hmm. It's just hilarious. He's a, he's a comic relief. But on the commentary, oh, my gosh. I'm like, is it Gilbert Gottfried? Is it, um, it was terrible, Johnny man. Valiant? Mike McGurk's in there. For anyone who doesn't know, she's it's Mike McGurk. She's a female ring announcer. Yep. It was cool seeing her in there. So the one the I didn't daughter realize of, was uh, Pritchard. A wrestling Leroy McGurk. was he Leroy McGurk? Yep, and yep. former ex-husband, uh, ex-wife of uh, B. Brian Blair. B. Brian Blair, yes. Yeah. Also so, dated Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. Wow, that was, that's a story yep. in itself. Yeah, we can get into that. And here. she oh, wow. dated. She dated another wrestler. Yeah. Oh, before or after uh, this? Doug Summers. 
Doug before. Summers. During the, Doug um, Summers. Yeah, Jr. talked talked about that during the um the uh, mid south days. It was in the mid south, and you're not supposed to big no no. And um, Lee Moore, Lee Roy McGurk was in that, and yeah, he had a Jr. had to talk to Billion Dollar Man or Ted DiBiase, and yeah, wasn't good. Well, Oh, yeah, well, Andre, I hearing about that. You're right. Well, the Andre DiBiase connection was in full effect here. So you had Andre Virgil uh, ringside for this match between DiBiase and Hulk Hogan. Um, you could walk us through it a bit, Duke. But, I mean, what do you think of the, the chemistry between Hogan and uh, DiBiase one-on-one? Because you don't get too much of that. Uh, on, yeah, so know. this this was um, – Hogan was the WWF champion at the time. So the Hulkster taking on the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, obviously accompanied by Virgil, but he had additional backup this night, seconded by, as the awful ring announcer said, Andre the Giant was also in a corner. So the ring announcer was brutal. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know Him too. if it was Horrible. like a guest guy or what. Um, and then the commentary was brutal. And like, guys, that, that, messes a matchup you know like if you don't have a good background to the story it's not it's not as good and i love the hulkster i love the million dollar man i think he's grossly underrated um but this match just like there wasn't much to it for me because like imagine this has gorilla and jesse or vince and jesse or gorilla and bobby or some sort of anything besides the three that we had you know i just felt like it really took away from what could have been a lot better mike what do you think yeah especially the arena this is at the uh sam houston arena sam houston coliseum i should say um so you got a good arena two hall of famers in the ring it should have been something better than it was i mean yeah. this was a total clunker i was really disappointed in this match um i don't remember watching it as a kid um, I probably was disappointed then, so I gave it a D plus. Wow. Mm. Is it solely because of the just distracting ring and uh, commentating? They had zero chemistry in that ring that night. Yeah. Next, oh, to, really? next to zero, not zero next to zero. Like on a scale mm. of one to ten, I'd say their chemistry was at a two, man. So that mm. listen, if I push mute, I'd st- I still give it like a D. I mean, it had nothing to do mm. with that, like. You're in that arena. That was pr- one of the big coliseums they fought in at the time. Um, so to have being that, you're not in some low rent place. And yeah, the announcing was bad, but the chemistry was not there. If their chemistry was on point, listen. I, if you look up that day, I know it was. Mm-hmm. I know it was uh, November of '87. I don't know what else was yeah. on that card. We could find that out. I guarantee. And YouTube them matches and go from there with these same announcers. I guarantee you there's going to be other matches that are better than this one for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about the chemistry. I didn't notice that too much. I thought they actually worked pretty good as a one-on-one. Um, I, I just thought, you know, it was funny when Andre got sent to the back and immediately got fined $2,000. Finkel, <laughs> uh, they, they, or, I'm sorry, nothing. The, the ring announcer announced that. And uh, it was, you know, it was kind of silly, but it was very over-the-top commentary. Um, and yeah, Hulk Hogan, dude, you want to tell us how he won the match, though? Yeah, that was actually pretty cool. The ending was cool because, you know, there's been a recurring theme for this one. It's a big boot, a leg drop, and the and that's that. But in this one, the Hulkster schoolboys, the Million Dollar Man, mm. rolls him up and gets the big one, two, three. 
and sends the Million Dollar Man on his way. Hulkster is still World Wrestling Federation champion. Um, eventually would have to... Uh, Ted DiBiase never does get that WWF title. He had to make his own title because he could not wrest it away from Hogan or eventually the Macho Man Randy Savage either. So I'm uh, definitely in the thinking that with a better... Um, commentator crew i would have enjoyed this more but this was my least favorite of of the 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 tape um no figure which is surprising yeah because like you like i love dibiase so much like in all his forms but um overall you know it is what it is it, you still get to see hogan and million dollar man and andre i just really i wish that we could have had fink <laughs> you know, introducing them and then just like a solid, give me Sean Mooney at, at this point, you know, just not this mm -hmm. mess that we had. So overall, you said you gave it a D, Mike? Uh, D plus. D plus, all right. D so, plus, yeah. All right, and that was, that's the end of that video, guys. Um, mm -hmm. One thing, though, we did it last week on our previous episode. So we did a star of the tape. Obviously the Hulkster's a star of this one, but how about besides Hulk Hogan? We'll start with you, Zern, because we kind of stole your answers last episode. Who do you think the star of the tape was besides the Hulkster? I like uh, Nikolai Volkov in this one. Yeah, this is uh, my favorite match. It might've been my hot highest match. Uh, yeah, it was B. Actually, I gave the Andre Hogan match a little bit higher. That was more for the steel cage and the nostalgia. Yeah. But yeah. as far as everything else, yeah, I liked that Nikolai Volkov for sure. How about you, John? My star of the tape, besides Hulk Hogan, obviously, is Jesse Ventura. Mm. Because I think he did a great job of continuing on that Mega Powers storyline. Like he was really telling the story, he was planting the seeds, he was really like egging it on. So, I'll go Jesse. Um, I think he, you know, really kind of carried that that storyline that was about to explode, literally. Great Mega powers. How about you, Duke? Yeah, for me, the star of the tape, obviously, um, because we share the name now, and I know that it's the Duke of Dorchester, because, you know, <laughs> oh, he's, he I wanted to be the star. With, I, I got to go with him. Um, I'm completely kidding. I'm going to go with you, Mike, Nikolai Volkov. Uh, I've become a big fan of him retroactively. I think he's just a naturally strong, big, lumbering, badass dude. So it's always a pleasure to see him. And to press slam the Hulkster, I mean, geez, like that's impressive. Like, really. So yeah, I can, can I just mention uh, real quick on the way out, the, the rest of the card with that DiBiase and Hogan match, I looked it up. It's so the Macho Man Randy Savage and the British Bulldogs teamed up against the Hart Foundation and Honky Tonk Man. Oh, wow. Excuse me? Yeah. Let me write that, that one down, YouTube. Mm-hmm. King Kong Bundy and Junkyard Dog locked it up. Uh, Harley Race and Jim Duggan. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of cool stuff. Sensational Sherry and Rock and Robin. But, you know, I would have loved to have been there. Houston. Or, I'm sorry. This was Houston, right, Mike? Or Sam Houston, Kyle Sam. Sam Houston, Kyle not, Sam. Not Jake, not Jake the Snake Roberts' brother. Okay. Right, but yeah. The same Houston Coliseum. So so pretty solid, uh, pretty solid card for sure. What about Sam Houston's sister? Oh, who, that's Rock who and you Robin. Also just mentioned, yes. How yeah, about that's that? Rock and Robin. Yeah, how about that? So 
Yeah, that was fun. I think, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan, Real American, these matches were kind of duplicates for what we saw other than this DiBiase thing. We had seen some of these matches. We're going to do that probably on some of these Coliseum video uh, tapes, but it's always cool to see them again. And, uh, you know, sometimes you get those alternate commentary teams too. This one just brutal though. Yeah, it was, fun. It, was it was very distracting. Yeah, something to talk about. Although, that's for sure. And although, like, sometimes they'll surprise you too, because like I'm no Lord Alfred Hayes fan, like on commentary, but I really felt like during that match, like he did a really great job. So, um, oh, and last week, uh, Zern really liked Ernie Ladd on commentary. Yeah, there's probably going to be some weeks up. Bruno will probably be on commentary. Billy Graham, we got this week, believe it or not, yep. during a Hogan match. Very cool. So, I, I look forward to that stuff. Yeah, we're gonna find like some gems you know along the way and then we're gonna you know as we always do fall into our little rabbit holes and start to do more research and end up you know you'll probably watch a whole card from one of these matches you know one thing i thought was missing on here though was um that i always enjoyed was the hulkster like you know kind of the dietary stuff like when he would show what he was eating and stuff Mm-hmm. like hanging out with Vince. I thought maybe we would get one of them, but we just got the training video, but stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, exactly. we do like to give letter grades for these. So, um, overall I'll start off. If you guys don't mind, um, I gave it a B overall. I thought it was wow. super enjoyable. Um, like I said, I'm a Hulkamaniac. So, you know, you give me an hour of Hulk Hogan matches, like I'm gonna get into it. So what'd you guys what'd you guys think of it? John. Um, I gave it a B minus. So um I enjoyed the nostalgia. I loved the Hogan in the white gear. I loved him and Andre in the cage. I could watch that all day. Love Jesse on commentary. Um, it's a time capsule. Like um the last match, if that was you know, like you said, just handled better with commentary and whatnot. I think this could have been a nice B plus little yeah. short kind of Coliseum video spotlight mm-hmm. on Hulk Hogan. We only got four matches in the little workout video, but for what it was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. B minus. Nice. Yeah, I gave it a uh, C plus. Um, two matches dragging down was the Haku match and the DiBiase match was a huge, huge disappointment. Mm. But yeah, C plus overall. I was uh, I had expectations there because you started out like kind of high and i was like oh man we're gonna get a b grade from zern but listen you got to keep it real a d a deal do that to you you're great yeah raw cash Mm -hmm. brother tell me about it story my story of my life (laughs) (laughs) and on the way out i got breaking news sort of um the internet might may have confused themselves because there's two separate um cards for that houston coliseum match or that Mm. so that this could be the real card and i think i've confirmed it and macho man the breaking news is macho man was in the building he fought killer Khan earlier that night oh okay and um so he let liz get away that's on match what can i say you gotta protect your woman wow brother i'm i'm, I'm smelling fake news over here man i don't know about that that's on match i gotta well, blame you i can't blame the hulkster not on this night it's a real a American. lot more about the Macho Man Randy Savage at some point, I'm sure, mm-hmm. through these Coliseum classics. This has been our third episode. This was Hulk Hogan, Real American. Be sure to follow No Sold, a wrestling podcast. That's No Sold. John, what's the Instagram? That's uh, No Sold underscore podcast. 
that's on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, all those good things. MySpace, MySpace, Wolf, Tau. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on. Uh, we're in the universe, the yeah. Strativerse, the Stratosphere. That's um, right. We're running wild. We we're running wild everywhere, brother. Everywhere. I was trying to do some superstar Billy Graham stuff there. You guys nice. left me hanging though. My bad. So for our God. Oh no. Go ahead. For our next episode, we're gonna be watching and reviewing, discussing WWF World Tour 90. So that's our next one. So make sure you follow along. If you're not a Hulkamaniac, you can probably skip this one. It's it's fun if you're a Hulkamaniac. It's fun if you're an 80s wrestling fan. Um I think you should watch them all, you know, do the little journey with us. So this one was Hulk Hogan, Real American. Next one, WWF World Tour 90. Before we hit the road, Zern, you got anything else? I'm super hyped for next week's episode and to actually watch that. It was one of my, uh, as a kid, one of my favorites. And But if you ask me for one match on that card, I don't know what. So that's going to be exciting rewatching that for sure. That's the beauty of it. Absolutely. The cover's excellent. Yeah, the mm-hmm. cover's excellent. You'll see Ultimate Warrior, I believe, uh, on that cover, depending which version you get. Great graphic, classic-looking stuff, so I'm excited to watch that one as well. And uh, it's been fun talking about the immortal Hulk Hogan, the real American Hulk Hogan. And what are you going to do, brother? What you going to do? This has been Coliseum Classics. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.